All righty, we are live with another episode of the Blue Crocus Experience. I'm your host, Louis Vandervalk, and I'm joined today by Clifton. Now, Clifton is someone I connected with, it would have been back in May, I think. Uh, we connected through Mike Claudio's construction selling group. I'm sure Mike's going to come up a little bit more in the conversation here because you're you're now involved with him. But uh, I was basically reaching out, asking for some advice on um, just more boots on the ground review generation stuff for our junk removal business, which we started around May. So Clifton reached out. He was really gracious for this time. Um, that's kind of how our, our relationship started. You know, we, we started seeing each other around, but I'm excited guys. I've chatted with, with Clifton on a couple occasions and he has some, some value that, that you guys are going to take away some nuggets. I don't even know his full story. We were just chatting before we went live. Um, and there's, there's some, some interesting stuff that we're going to uncover that I haven't even heard. So I'm, I'm really excited, but, but Clifton, Welcome aboard. Excited to have you here. And, and I'd love for you to just give people a little bit of an idea of who you are, where you are, what's going on, and, and we'll just we'll just roll. Sweet. Yeah, man. Lewis, uh, like I mentioned to you off air, you know, dude, I've I've been looking forward to this, man. You know, we did connect uh a few months ago uh through the construction selling group that Claudio, you know, put on or you know, formed. And um, you know, we've had a few conversations there. We kind of you know, come up in, in some social media chats and stuff like that. And I know that, you know, you're a business owner and you've, you've started uh, a new business. Uh, I'm also an entrepreneur, <clears throat> have started a few businesses, but, you know, really my success in business, you know, is a result of a ton of failure, right? You know, I, I can look back, you know, when I went to, I grew up in a small town in, in South Carolina. Uh, I went to Clemson and, uh, you know, I just made a ton of mistakes, right? Um, I got arrested four times when I was in college. Um, not not proud of that. <laughs> uh, in, in fact, man, um, two of the arrests were probably within the first six months of being a freshman by the same law enforcement officer. You know, in 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 the state of South Carolina, it's illegal to possess alcohol under the age of twenty one. Um, but I thought somehow I could I could do that, but um, so, yeah, that occurred. You know, I got arrested when I was a, a junior uh, for disorderly conduct. I decided to go out one night and, you know, into the into the uh, libations. And, you know, uh, they, they don't allow you to do that as well, to act a fool in downtown uh, Clemson. And then, you know, you would have thought that I would have learned my lesson. Right. But um, when I was a senior. I decided to go out again and um, enjoy myself. I ended up getting into a fight, uh, like a fist fight. And that altercation uh, led to me being arrested for aggravated assault and battery. Um, you know, that's facing 10 years, right? And so, um, you know, it, it, it was a pretty eye-opening experience, but, you know, I've been in sales pretty much all my life. And, and the close job that I did on the judge must be the best close that I've, I've ever done. And because pleading with him, uh, kind of explaining what my next journey looked like or what I thought it looked like. You know, he just gave me, you know, time served, uh, community service, and I had to pay some restitution, I had to attend some some anger management classes. So um, he really, that really was a slap on the wrist. You know, so I graduated from Clemson in, in 2000, moved down to Atlanta, and um you know, that was back during the, the dot bomb bus, right? Y2K. Um, I, I got hired on at a technology company. I was 23 years old. 
I instantly got promoted into uh, running the client services division for that company. I had about 35 direct reports and then everything just blew up. Right. So blew up in uh, a good way or, or not? No, in a bad way. Okay. 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 So there was so much money on the streets back in the 1999 into 2000 with tech. People were just printing money. VC money was just flowing in. Well, the market just couldn't sustain that. So basically the tech sector just imploded. I was a product of that. So our company folded. I hadn't really didn't know what I was going to do. Fell into the wrong crowd, you know, went and worked in some, some food and beverage and uh, decided to drive intoxicated, got arrested again for, uh, for DUI. You know, your listeners are probably going, gosh, this dude's just a, a hot mess, right? Um, well, well, we're going we're, we're gonna to get, I think we're going to get to where you channel this into the energy you carry now. Like, I think that's yeah. <laughs> pretty yeah, evident. Man. And, and so, you know, so that occurred. Um, I, I still didn't learn a lesson, but I had an opportunity. One of my, one of my former uh, supervisors at the, the tech company called me up and was like, hey, man, I've got an opportunity if you want to come park cars. So for those of you that don't know what that is, that's the valet parking industry, um, you know, with restaurants, hotels, whatever the case may be. He said, if you'll park cars, I'll fast track you through management. And of course, I'm thinking I'm not parking cars. I'm above this. No way. Uh, so instead of doing that, I decided to fall in with the wrong crowd, really ran with the wrong crowd, like hard. Uh, some of those guys are I haven't heard from. They're probably either dead or in prison. Um, selling things that are illegal to sell in every state and every country in most cases. Yeah. Um, but you know, I got to a point in my life, Lewis, where I said, you know what, if I don't make a change, I'm going to be one of those people. And you saw I'm that happening gonna... around you and you were like, Absolutely. yeah, yeah. And it wasn't really a defining moment where I just woke up one day and was like, hey, if I don't stop this, but just something was just tugging on me. I now know that's the Lord uh, really, you know, pulling at me and saying, hey, man, I've given you all these chances. Right. So something just felt internally didn't feel right. So I took took that guy up on the job um, again, worked my way up really quickly from really parking cars, running around, retrieving cars, parking cars. I had an opportunity to go up to the DC market uh, with that company um, and worked on some very large accounts. But the most or the best experience I got doing that was I got to work with a lot of young people, right? So most of my, a lot of my staff up there were either just coming out of high school or in college or just coming out of college. And, you know, it, it, it allowed me or afforded me rather the opportunity to, to work with young people to really try to figure out what's going on in, in their lives and uh, try to be a leader. Right. Um, you know, I looked at parking cars as a way to get I was getting paid to get to get exercise. Right. I put a pedometer on my belt. This is before smartwatches and all that stuff. I love it. I love it put a pedometer on my, on my belt and, and I would just run, man, just running. I was, you know, we were, we were putting together races, competitions. Uh, I'd pay people out that whoever, you know, parked the most cars, we just made it fun. That's cool. Right. We got to drive some of the best cars on the market. Uh, I got to meet some of the coolest, you know, people, you know, I was in the DC area. So, you know, I met LeVar Arrington that's back in the day, 
you know, uh, athletes from all over that, that DC metro area. And here's the, here's the problem though. All I did was work. All I was focused on was money, opportunity, and, and just having a good time. So I was still really living for the wrong reasons. How old were you and, and what year was this? Uh, yeah, so I was uh, so that was probably 2002 to 2004. So I was about 25 years old, 26 years old, right? Uh, making awesome money. Did you get okay. tips too with that, right? What's that? You get tips as well with that. I was going to say most of that was cash. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, and so it, it was great. And I was living with a girl at the time. And, and you know, she just kept giving me these hints. Hey, man, all you do is work, you know. I wasn't I wasn't attentive to her needs. But at, at that age, I just didn't even really know what that meant. And so she kept telling, kept telling me. And I'm thinking, no, you, you, you know, we do this, we do that. You've got whatever you want. Anyway, I just woke up one day and, and she was moving. She was moving to Florida. So, you know, I did what, you know, most people that were, quote, in love would do is I went to my boss and I said, hey, man, I need to move to Florida. And his response was, hey, we don't have any opportunities in Florida to which I replied, okay, cool. I'm going to go work for a competitor in that market. So that's what I did. So I left DC behind, uh, moved down to Florida, moved in with this young lady and uh, three of her friends, her roommates. And guess what happens when you chase the wrong stuff? It doesn't work out. So probably a month after being there, we, we parted ways. I'm in a new city in Orlando. I know maybe three people left the job, left the job. I called my boss back. I'm like, Hey man, I'd love to come back to DC. <laughs> He's like, yeah, Hey, we'd love for you to come back to DC, but that opportunity has been, <laughs> been filled. And so to make matters worse, her roommates were like, Hey, you, you, you guys broke up. You, you gotta go, brother. You gotta get out. And I'm like, you know, where, where, where do I go? What do I do? Um, one of the guys that I had met in that short, that brief period, you know, he, he worked in the mortgage business at the time. He said, hey, man, I've got some friends that are moving, you know, from Orlando down to, I think, the Boca area. Um, they've got a they've got a condo over here or an apartment, rather. I can I can see if they can let you stay there. I said, OK, great. I, I didn't know what else to do anyway. So went over there and was essentially living on the floor of an apartment with no furniture. Uh, nothing. I didn't know anybody. Yeah. And so anyway, the same guy that made the connection for me to stay on the floor in that apartment, you know, says, hey, man, can you sell mortgages? I said, dude, I have no idea, but I am willing to give it a shot. Um, because when I broke up with that girl, I also left that company that I was with. So now I'm, again, homeless and jobless. And I was never going to run back to my family and admit that, hey, I needed help. Uh, can you pick me up? Um, and so I just made it happen. So I told my buddy, Mike, Mike Sheets, dear friend of mine, great guy, still to this day. Uh, he said, hey, man, can you sell mortgages? I said, I'll give it a shot. Did pretty well at that. Um, and, and so we went out one night uh, to kind of celebrate some success. And in walks, I was basically, your listeners can't see this, I don't think, maybe. But my office is about, I don't know, maybe 14 by 14. And so I was in a bar about that size. Okay. Maybe a little bit bigger. Okay. But, you know, for perspective, 
um, in walks this lady. And I was like, okay, great. That is the one. So I went, you know, made an introduction and, um, you know, that's now my wife. That's awesome. And so you've probably seen me post on social media. You've probably heard me talk about it. I believe in divine appointment. I do not believe in coincidence. I believe, and I now know that God put Marianne in that bar of that site. So she could have been anywhere else in the world um, to really get me on track. Right. So, um, and I didn't know about it at the time either. I just thought, okay, well, here's a pretty girl. Um, you know, where's this going to lead? Uh, a few months later, um, I had an opportunity to continue in the mortgage business, had an opportunity to move up to the Raleigh, North Carolina area. Um, and if you know what happened in 2007, eight and nine, the mortgage crisis wasn't fun. It was not fun. So I had moved here with her, convinced her to leave central Florida you know, 30 minutes from the beach to move into central North Carolina, two hours from the beach. And the mortgage market collapses. So remember, 2000 tech sector blows up. 2008, I'm here, mortgage crisis. And I'm like, goodness gracious, what in the heck, man? Can't catch a break. Can't catch a break. But I, I never looked at it that way. I just said, okay, well, shit, maybe this is life. Okay, what's next? Yeah. And so I did what everybody that gets laid off from the mortgage business does. I went into my apartment community clubhouse and I started, I talked to Marianne. I said, Hey, what are the two things that people hate to do? She says, cook and clean. I said, bingo. All right, cool. We'll start a business. So from a, an apartment community clubhouse, I started a cleaning company, house cleaning. I knew nothing about this stuff, but I printed up some flyers. I knocked on some doors, hung them on some mailboxes. Got calls from some HOAs saying, hey, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, one of those asked for permission or asked for forgiveness, not permission, right? Yeah. But anyway, so we grew that business to about a half a million bucks. That's awesome. I've cleaned more toilets than most Navy midshipmen have. That's awesome. Right. But but anyway, so there were a lot of a lot of failures leading up to this. Um, you know, and, and so in meeting with those clients, you know, literally cleaning their houses, you know, talking to them, building relationships, and we'll get to that in a minute, um, because that is one characteristic I believe that the Lord has really blessed me with is the ability to connect with people, uh, nurture and build relationships. And so just talking with our clients, you know, I would get, you know, intimate with them, like, what, what don't you like to do? And often it was, I hate to cook. I was like, hey, cool. You know, I used to cook. My grandmother taught me how to cook. You know, I worked uh, in restaurants. Um, dude, we've catered. My wife and I have catered a hundred person all vegan Christmas party. Wow. That's very in niche. Someone's <laughs> house, in someone's house where I ordered a chef coat with my name on it and rolled into these people's houses. We rented, you know, uh, all of the linens all the glassware, all the chafing dishes, everything from a party rental place. And we put on a production, man. That's amazing. So I had my brother-in-law passing around hors d'oeuvres. We did a coat check. We did all of this from a- You, just, from a you just figured out how to do it. Dude, I will figure it out. Yeah. That is, that is something that I've always done. Yeah, one of my one of my mentors here locally says uh, 
pull the trigger and ride the bullet. You know, and it's it, that that is awesome. I love that. You know, I I um I take calculated risk, but oftentimes I'm just like, man, let's just freaking do it and then we'll look back and assess collateral damage. <laughs> right. Okay, hold on. Do we have anybody bleeding out? All right, everybody's good here. Um, you know, let's keep moving. But so one thing happened, um, you know, in, in, in 2009, I believe it was, one of my best friends from high school and college, you know, he was living here in, in, the, in the area as well, here in the area, meaning Raleigh. And he was like, hey, man, uh, there's really an opportunity for us to start a siding company. I'm like, siding company? Yeah, that sounds like a new challenge. Perfect. I knew nothing about siding, knew nothing about windows, roofing, none of that stuff, right? So my wife was pregnant. We were building a starter home. And I come home one day with this, you know, bright idea. Hey, honey, listen, I've got this great idea. I'm going to go start uh, a construction company. She's like, what do you know about construction? I'm like, eh, nothing. She goes, okay, you're not really, you know, convincing me. <laughs> you're not really selling it, right? But I'm like, hey, baby, we'll figure this out. So sat down with three guys, three guys, of you know, three of us total. Business plan on a post-it note about that size. We're like, hey, man, I need $1,500 from you, $1,500 from you. I'll put in $1,500. We're going to start this company, right? And we're at a brewery talking about this. You know, a couple of IPAs later, one of my buddies is like, man, I think you guys are absolutely crazy. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm definitely out on this idea. And I'm like, okay, cool. We can still be friends, but now I need 1750 from you. <laughs> here's, here's the thing. So we took 1750 bucks, put together a business plan, filed the paperwork. I sold a van from the cleaning business to the construction company for like 900 bucks. Nice. It was a 1991 Ford E250 panel van. No heat, no AC. If you filled up the gas tank over halfway, it started leaking. And we went to work. We knocked on a couple doors. We got our first job. And that was the only job we got that entire first year of business, which was actually only four months. So August of that year, 2010, one job till December. Imagine having that conversation with your wife or the, you know, your, your baby. And the chaos of a new home, a starter home and all that, right? Exactly. Hey, listen, um, this, this picture you painted for me four months ago is not really the Monet that I thought it was going to be. And were you still were you still running your cleaning business as well? I was. So it was, I was crazy, crazy then. It was all over the place. But here's the thing: I still made time for them. Right, I would work after they went to sleep. I would get up before they got up, and all times in between, uh, I was juggling a bunch of things. Um, but but here's the, here's the interesting thing: so four months, closed one job, but. The most awesome thing is less than 20 months later, we did a million dollars, almost a million dollars in revenue. That's amazing. And how we did that is on the heels or on the back of relationships. Mm -hmm. So we took one customer, turned it into one more, took a little bit of time. But then we started loving on people, really getting hyper-focused on customer experience. How can we be the authority in the market? How can when somebody... You know, because construction's 
got a bad image. All right, these guys are going to show up or maybe show up, maybe not show up. They're never going to finish on time. It's just going to be terrible. That's usually the, you know, the general population's uh, mindset when it comes to construction. But we wanted to change that. So we were doing everything that everybody else wasn't. As simple as follow-up phone calls to, you know, confirm appointments, uh, text messages, all this kind of stuff. And treating people just, you know, like they were the most important person in our lives. And at that time, they were. So did you bring this from the sales side of things? Like, I would imagine that some of that came over from, you know, your sales experience, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and so you you realize, like, if we can make these people feel like people, we're, we're head and shoulders above, you know, 90% of the industry, right? Absolutely. Well, you know, Lewis, I, I think that where a lot of businesses go wrong is they operate in a transaction mindset, uh, transaction-based selling. Mm-hmm. I don't thrive in that environment. Yeah. I thrive in a relationship-based selling um, because, again, I, I like to get involved uh, you know, with our customers. I like to know what makes them tick, what they like, what they don't like, what's their favorite color, what's their dog's name, what's their birthday, all that stuff. Because it makes them feel important and that's what they deserve. Like we're renovating their most important asset or their largest asset. Um, And so anyway, so that's what we did. We grew that business to a multi seven figure business. Um, Now remember the initial investment was 3,500 bucks. We never borrowed a dime ever. Wild. That's wild. Never took out a line of credit. Never missed payroll, never missed a, a subcontractor's check, never missed a bill, ever. Um, that's a blessing, man. And so, you know, so that, that's been a great business, you know, 11 years in business. But I realized about, about a year ago that something else was really tugging on me. And that was, that was really my desire to help people, uh, to really help them see what uh, they may not can see in themselves and extract that from them, help them realize, you know, their, what their true potential is, what their greatness is. And when I started thinking about that, you know, people started showing up into my life that actually needed help. Right. Most of them were contractors. And so, you know, we came into this market, which was a saturated market in Raleigh. And nobody knew who we were, but yet all of a sudden, Less than two years, million dollars. One of the largest siding manufacturers in the world, James Hardy. We were all of a sudden getting recognized by them. Nice. Then we won their President's Club Award. Now we've earned their highest credentials. Like people started taking notice. Yeah. Yeah. And so these business owners, Lewis, would reach out. Hey, man, I'm having a problem. Um, what do you know about this? And so I just started having conversations of things that worked for me, even relating it back to when I was managing young people and Hey man, try this. And they were, they were implementing these things and and it was really working in their business. Um, and they were having success and I had a person say, Hey man, I could probably pay you for this. And I said, absolutely. You know, there's, there's extreme value that I bring to the table, especially in the contracting space service business space. Um, And so 
pretty proud to say that. Uh, so been doing coaching and development, uh, sales training, things like that for the last going on about nine months, um, which leads me to Mike Claudio, who you referenced earlier. You know, for those of you that 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 don't know Mike Claudio, um, he's a hard person to get in touch with. Uh, his time is valuable. I've I've grown to to know that and appreciate that. But he's someone that that I really resonated with, um, and I basically had to stalk him. Um, you know, I would DM him, I would send him text messages, I would you know try to call him, and it just just never would give me the time of day, but. I was persistent. And so on July 5th, I think it was of this year, I recorded a quick video message and just, you know, said, Hey man, this is who I am. This is my unique selling proposition. If you're looking to grow your brand, man, all I need is five minutes of your time. And so he gave me that five minutes and here we are, man. I'm, I'm a coach on Mike's you know team at win rate. And uh, man, it's, it's been, it's been truly remarkable you know, we, he, Mike and I were talking earlier and he goes, he goes, you know, we grant people permission to dream bigger and provide them with the tactical resources to go get it. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's what I love to do, man. And, and you bring that energy everywhere. I mean, I, I, you bring that energy everywhere and I see you, you know, giving back is something, I mean, that's how we connected was you, you know, you reached out and connected with me and, and it's, I've seen that over and over, you know, whether it's, Inside Apex, we haven't even really touched on that. Um, inside Apex, or or you know, in in the groups, and, and it's it's really cool to see that, and then channel that into the coaching thing too. Yeah, man. You know, I, I really believe in 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 giving back, man, because there's been so many people that have that have helped me along the way. A lot of it indirectly. Now that I can step back and really realize, mm -hmm. I can appreciate you know, when that boss was hard on me. And at the time I'm like, dude, what is wrong with you? Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, but so I, I just believe in, you know, I approach every day with intentional gratitude. Uh, I really do. And, and I'm just, I'm, I'm blessed. I'm humbled by how blessed I am. And uh, I just, I love to help people because if I can give them something that can either help them get better or help them avoid something that may be catastrophic. Dude, they win. That's huge. Yeah. 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 So I do, I do want to touch on, on your building raving fans movement because uh, we don't have all day. We could talk all day. Yeah. Uh, but I know you have some stuff coming up, but let's, let's touch on that. You know, the referral thing, because um, I think you know, people have kind of heard your story. I really appreciate you sharing that. I want to dive into a bunch of other points there, sure. but I, you know, I want to, I want to um, respect your time. So with your referrals and, and your relationship building with your company, can we walk through that in a way that people can take away a few nuggets that maybe they can implement right now? Yeah, ab absolutely. So, you know, um, I really, so going back to when we started the company, how we grew that, you know, I believe in, if, if, if your listeners or your watchers don't know what Raving Fans is, it's, it's an incredible book. Um, I just believe that if you can create cheerleaders, for your business, i.e. raving fans, um, a couple things is going to happen. One, your lead costs are going to go down. Your closing rate is going to go up, right? They're going to generally buy at a higher ticket price, which the inverse relationship of lower lead costs and higher prices is what? 
a ton of profit. Good, good stuff right there. It's a lot of really good stuff. And so, you know, I wanted to, there's, there's two types of raving fans though, right? There's internal and external. So internal are your team members, your employees. And so we want to, you know, put together recognition programs and things like that for your intern to create internal raving fans, but external raving fans is really how do we create a customer experience or a journey where a person really feels like they're the single most important thing in, in our business and have them want to refer us, have them want to give us that five-star review. So we did all of that through automation, really. Nice. You know, through the sales process early on, we trained our sales teams, you know, hey, Lewis, if we deliver or when we deliver on this exceptional customer experience that we've been talking to you about, we're going to expect something from you. Yeah. And what that is, is we're going to expect that you're going to be happy to share your experience with your friends, your family, your neighbors, your coworkers. And then we're going to ask you for a five-star review if we earn the right. So you're so priming them right from the beginning. Priming them from the beginning. Yeah. Then our, our project teams, they're talking about it. So there's a congruent message through the duration. And then guess what happens at closeout? Hey, Clifton, I know what you're going to ask me for. And guess what? How do, how do I do it? Where do you want it? Do you want a video? Do you want me to like send cards to all my friends and family? Exactly. <laughs> Whatever. And so you're exactly right. And so we've got some technology that that we use that will automate that process. You know, uh, our production guys in the field could, you know, via an app on their phone, you know, send some automated text requests to, you know, leave a five star review on Facebook or Google or whatever. Um, then they could also go into an automatic sequence to solicit those referrals. Um, and so that's how we built that business, that referral business of about 62 percent, which in our business was. That's huge. huge. So 62% of closed jobs are from referrals. Yeah. Repeat and referral business. That's huge. And again, that keeps that cuts your costs way down. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so I said, how can I now take the knowledge and the technology that was already being used and implemented successfully and give that to others? That's huge. And so you know, basically now we have the ability to sell that technology to other business owners if they're looking to, you know, generate, you know, a high volume of, of five-star reviews on Google and Facebook, but then also to piggyback on that, automate the referral process. That's huge. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you have, so I have a, a question here. Someone's, um, Jeff Rayleigh hopped in, says, yo, um, someone, in, I think it's in the group and that's why we can't see their, their name, but they're asking what automation you use. I don't know if you have time. I, I want to respect your time. So, so sure. take a look at the time there and, and, you know, dive into that if we have time or, or, you know, drop a resource later. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, the software is, and a lot of people, it's an award-winning software platform is BirdEye. So you can go out to www.birdeye.com. Take a look at that. Um, but that's the exact platform. I love it. That yeah. we use. That's the exact platform that we get our customers on. Um, and uh, again, it is everybody says, oh, I ask for reviews or I ask for referrals. You can't but remember do you really? to do that. You can't remember to do that. You got to automate it. Yes. How awesome would it be to know that you closed out a job in your CRM? Right. That's that lead status changes from in progress to completed and automatically behind the scenes an integration of occurs and that customer automatically starts getting 
review requests, reminders, referral requests, reminders via text and email. It's huge. Dude, it's a game changer. It's huge. Yeah. Man, I appreciate your time. We're we're uh we're coming coming to the end here. We're gonna have to have you on again. That's that's for sure. Cause there's there's a bunch of different ways um, that you can do it. But just kind of to sum up for people listening, make raving fans. If you haven't read the book, read the book. Um, you know, reach out, reach out to Clifton. How can how can people best find you? Because you've got, I mean, you dropped some really valuable stuff in the groups that I'm a part of with you. How can they best find you? Um, I'll drop the links in on YouTube and as well. Sure, sure, yeah, absolutely. And again, Lewis, I, I'm I'm grateful uh, to be here. I was looking forward to this, um, and uh, hopefully, your you know your viewers and your listeners got some value out of this. But yeah, if, if people want to connect with me, uh, I'm on Facebook at you know at Clifton Muck and Foods. You can find me there. Um, buildingravingfans.com. Um, I would encourage you to go check that out. Uh, there's some information about the, the software platform. There's also some information about some coaching and, and, and development sales training. Uh, but then also you talked about, you know, encouraging, leading, motivating, and inspiring. You know, I've got this phrase up here, go be great. Go be great. Um, that, that's what I believe in. So I would encourage you to go to Building Raving Fans as well. There's a link on there to sign up for your daily dose of motivation. And Monday through Friday, man, you'll get a motivational text message from me um, that will that will help you get your day started. Uh, and then on Instagram, uh, at Boats and Bourbon, uh, two things that uh, I absolutely love, uh, Magic Creek Water for cool people and boats. I love it. I love it, man. That's awesome. Well, Clifton, this has been been a pleasure. Shoot me those links after. We'll, we'll include them in the show notes. Any last thoughts for someone who's has no idea where to start with building raving fans? Yeah, man. Just uh, just reach out to me. I'll be happy to kind of give you the roadmap, the blueprint for that. If it's something that I can help you with, awesome. If not, uh, I can point you in the right direction. Uh, but no matter what you're going through, whether you think you you don't know how to do something or you do, at the end of the day, man, you know, be well, be blessed. And go be great. And go be great. Guys, that's a wrap. That's an episode. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop the live video here. Clifton will will wrap up off air. But I really appreciate you coming on. Excited to see where this goes. And and people reach out to him. He's got he's he's a wealth of knowledge and and really willing to share. So we will cool. talk to you guys soon. Appreciate it.